1: Hi, everyone. We want to share our friend Kayla with you. And advisor. Oh,
2: yes, thank you. Friend and financial advisor. Kayla is on a mission to impact and empower, tackling the topic of our financial well-being. It can be such a
1: taboo topic, and a lot of people don't feel comfortable, or feel like it might be too late,
2: or they aren't in a position to start. Right? But Kayla provides a safe space to communicate and organize your financial life. And she'll be the first one to tell you it's never too late and everyone starts somewhere. Yes,
1: and what I love is that her style of planning is that she takes a holistic and personalized approach with each individual, honoring that everyone is at a different phase in life and has unique goals.
2: She totally gets that. Even our financial plans look different.
1: You guys reach out and tell her we sent you. She's a listener and supporter of girl powerful and she wants to be here for our community.
2: Give her a call at 213 213-
1: Or visit her contact page at powerinplanning.org. That's powerinplanning.org. Put Girl Powerful in the comments so she knows we sent you. So exciting. Welcome to the Girl Powerful
2: Podcast. We're two sisters on a mission to entertain and educate by learning from women who live a purpose-driven life. Be sure to subscribe and rate our podcast. Today we talk with Megan Monahan. LA's staple meditation teacher, speaker, and author of Don't Hate, Meditate. We discuss our first experiences with meditation and how to enjoy the never-ending journey of self-love. Megan even trademarks a new slogan, Spiritual Ajax, in real time on the show. Now go find out what that means. Hello,
1: everyone, and welcome to the Girl Powerful Podcast. We are so delighted to have Megan Monaghan with us. She is one of the first meditation teachers we met in L.A. that we really connected with and wanted to learn from, so we're thrilled to have you here. Thank you.
0: I'm so excited to be here.
1: Yes, we're really excited to have you because both Teddy and I have had our own separate journeys with meditation. I mean, I didn't learn until my late 20s when something really bad happened to me. And I think Mm -hmm. everyone has that like moment where you just like, oh, maybe I should try this. Maybe I should, you know, like tap into what they
2: said to slow down. You know, I know you love Oprah and that's one of your goals is to work with Oprah or, you know, have her highlight your books and everything like that. But she was actually the first time I ever meditated was watching the Oprah Winfrey show. After really Cool. and I remember being in my bed watching it I was it was probably like freshman year of high school and it was just very simple because you know her audience was like midwestern moms yeah you so just like open your hands and just be there and close your eyes and I remember falling asleep wow so, really I didn't know that yeah I could cry because it was like really like meant something but I didn't know what it meant
0: yeah anyway, it was a peak it was, you, it was, you were like you were glimpsing you know who you really were and especially if what we were in high school when you yeah, did that right so
2: sorry too
0: yeah so there's that so <laughs> so yeah you're this like high school girl who really probably like looks around and sees like oh that's who I am like I'm I'm who my friend circle is and I'm my body and I'm like how I'm doing in school and I'm like what college I'm gonna go to and and none of that is true, right? Those, yeah. those external things are all expressions of who you are. And every time you meditate, you tap into who you really are. And there's so much clarity and truth and, and power in that place. So of yeah. course, and of often, course, yeah, like, I found, you like, like have a moment with that.
2: Yeah. I like yeah. found deep rest, obviously, if I just fell asleep, you know, and allowed myself to do that. Yeah. But yeah, so I was curious, what was your first time like when you meditated and how did that make you feel?
0: Yeah, you know, I think about, I think about meditative moments from my life. The first time I ever meditated was in my early 20s when I, when I learned how to meditate down at Deepak Chopra's Wellness Center. And, and so I can tell you about that because that's like a whole, a whole trip in and of itself. But I think back previous to that, when when I was little and I would ride horses. And I think like that was an access point to me. I think about how when I was young, I was like a trained singer and that was an access point to this inner sense of like, oh, this is who I am. And like, this is like an expression of something deeper than just um, all of the other superficial things. Um, So although it wasn't conscious, I think I had glimpses of that, um, not as clear as yours was love, but glimpses of that. And then I learned how to meditate in a very formal, in a very formal um, foundation, you know, and, and regimented kind of way with Deepak Chopra. And the first time I ever meditated was a complete, a complete ego trip. And I'll tell you the story really quickly, cause I always, I like to humble myself with it as often as possible. <laughs> I, so I'm like down in San Diego, I was doing this week long, I took this like deep dive leap of faith and put a week long retreat on a credit card and was like investing in my healing and my wellness. And even though I had no idea about any of it, I, I had this deep sense of, oh, I can like heal here. And and this is going to be a place where I can balance myself and figure out who I am and, and all the things in my life that were getting in the way of that. I really felt a deep calling um, there. And so we learned how to meditate. I get my mantra based on my birth information, the whisper of the universe when I was born, like all this magic flying around. And then we get brought into, um, it was down at the La Costa Resort. So it's this like beautiful, like Spanishy looking resort. We get brought into this really beautiful kind of like library room. There's probably 10 of us. And in this room, there are chairs all along the like perimeter of the room, small room. There's um, cushions, like all those Zafu cushions. And then in the middle of the room, there's this altar. And on the altar were rose petals. And it was this Vedic goddess. I don't know who it was, maybe Lakshmi. but But she had like rose petals and there were candles. And it was just this beautiful. And around her were cloth covered blocks, right? Like OG meditation. Like basically you're sitting on a block. And, and I thought to myself, like 23 year old Megan was like, well, obviously we need to sit in front of this altar. Like, obviously this is what needs to happen. This is a vibe. It's very Instagrammable. Like this is what needs to happen immediately. And so I sit down, I thought I'm gonna sit by the altar. So I sit down and I kind of lower myself onto the block let's be clear. And, and I cross my legs and I, you know, straighten my back and imagine that there's a cord coming from the crown of my head, elongating my spine, right? All of that. I put my hands in a mudra, not that I had any idea what that meant, but I'd seen that before. And I put my, my hands on my legs and I'm sitting up and I close my eyes and we start silently repeating our mantra. And immediately I'm thinking, you know, silently repeating mantra, 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 God, I must look like such a good meditator right now. I'm killing this. I'm going to be such a good meditator. This is going great. I can't wait to get like a whole new meditation wardrobe for like different settings. Maybe I should get one of these altars for my house. And right, I think that I'm just doing the best job, but really I'm just decorating my new lifestyle and my new meditation practice. And then maybe 90 seconds in, I realize that my legs are getting a little bit numb. And then maybe 30 more seconds after that, I realized that I can't feel my legs at all. And they're throbbing and pulsing and it's excruciatingly painful. And I sat like that for 27 more minutes and we finished meditating. And my teacher said, so how did it go? How did it feel? I said, that was so uncomfortable. I sat in front of the altar. My legs were crossed, my legs were numb. It was awful. It was so excruciating. I hated it. And he said, well, why didn't you just move? or uncross your legs. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, well, I didn't want to ruin everyone's meditation. And he just looked at me with this look of just like, you need to meditate so badly. Like there's so much work for you to do. Wait,
2: Megan, what was your mantra though? What was the
0: universe's whisper? So we keep those silent. Um, they're, they're individual. There are about 112 of them. They're based, they're calculated based on an old Vedic Um, equation based on the earth's relationship to the moon and so there's a collection of these primordial sounds that um that you can get so
2: well I'm happy
0: about I'm learning about you guys and give you give your mantras
2: yeah I'm wondering hold on hold on (laughs) I just have to tell you something that I have a kundalini name and I mean, it's not something to make fun of, but I love to make fun of it because I will <laughs> never go study. by this name, but I, it's the same way how they make it, I'm sure. It's the birthday and all that stuff. Yeah. Can I please share my Kundalini name with you?
0: Yeah. What is it? <laughs> I feel that like nervous, like, don't laugh at like a funeral like, situation like, coming up. We can laugh here. <laughs> you like, framed it like that. Yeah.
2: I mean, okay. So it's is sure. it, like
0: giggles. I really want it to be like. Oh.
2: It's Shanti hardeva Carr.
0: Oh, that's great. That's beautiful. It's kind of a
2: nice name. It was like very good compared to the group that I was with. Some of their names, I was like, that's <laughs>
0: terrible.
2: So judgmental of me, but.
1: I don't know why they, we have this new thing where like the lights go out <laughs> and I tell, I call Teddy Shanti. So at night
2: I'm like, Shanti. It's yeah. like <laughs> the weird, when the sun goes down, she turns into Shanti. Yeah, it's like the Indian in the cupboard. <laughs> when it's like midnight i'm (laughs) shanti
0: it's her ultimate shanti hardeva car
2: hardeva car like in kundalini all the females end with car yeah yeah
0: what does this what does the center um hardeva what does that mean i
1: don't
0: know if i'm familiar with that it's really
1: nice because they give you the name and you're supposed to live your whole life trying to live up to that
0: that. yeah that's beautiful.
2: I think it is nice. And I, it did make sense to me. I'm sorry. I forgot my card. I don't know what it means. Right it now.
0: resonated. Yeah. I do
2: know what it means. I just can't think of it right now.
0: It's fine. <laughs> Lion- well, Santi's peace, you know. Yeah,
2: Lioness. I think it's like Lioness, like trying to live up to
0: oh. finding
2: my own inner peace. I know oh, I that's have a
0: lot beautiful. of like, negative
2: mind stuff I have to work out, like most people, but yeah. that's my human goal is to quiet my negative mind
0: I really like that I'm gonna start calling you that shanti a car you can during all times of the day
2: <laughs>
1: well especially sunrise to sunset but I I mean I love that I feel like that's so like in tune with how people are today it's like i'm gonna go meditate and i'm gonna wear all white and i'm gonna do all this and i'm gonna you know sit in the front but it, yeah really it matters how you're feeling and mm-hmm. how you're connecting with your source or your higher power and yourself right
0: yeah and everybody Absolutely. meditates
1: differently which like you said it's like your access point or your doorway was riding a bike and mm-hmm. I think like that for me, like right now I'm learning about instinctive meditation. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, all oh, like you sit cross-legged. They say you can sit however you want and you find all these doorways where you can connect with the self and you can, you know, connect with the mantra or whatever you're trying to accomplish, but it's also like not action oriented. Like, what do you think about yeah. that? Like how there's always like you have to take action and we're trying to, do 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 and accomplish and accomplish and sometimes you you can't rest. Like you're even mm. when you're physically resting, you're not
0: resting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, What, what I have I have always and I, and it's so counterintuitive and it's really challenging if your mindset is. And I'm you know I'm from New York. I grew up with like a a breadwinner mother, like epic businesswoman. So I had this incredible example of work ethic, really from both my parents. But I saw her as an example of just such like drive and ambition and focus and 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 it's hard when either if that's your set point or if that's what you're surrounded by it's really threatening to think about stopping to think about what might happen if you step out of the current and what i have always found through meditation is that you accomplish more, not by doing more, but by being more. I've always accomplished more by being more, not by doing more. And it might, it might look different. The path to that next accomplishment or, or manifesting that desire might look different. The opportunities might come in differently, but I say all the time, the things on my life resume that look impressive that you'd be like, oh, that's cool, had very little to do with me like externally architecting and completely everything to do with internally what I was embodying and how deeply I was sitting in trust and surrender and acceptance and non-judgment and presence. That's where the work is. Yeah. That's where like the most potent effort can be put in and then that shows up outside of you. And then you get to get involved and you get to be in integrity and you get to do all those things. But, but for me, that's always been how it's gone. I
1: mean, Being all of that gives you richer life experiences. That's how I feel. So if you can be with yourself and, you know, be more internally, your external world is
2: yeah more I, beautiful. I think you kind of describe what everyone has been chasing the past couple of years like the phrase self-love and I think that it's like um, an unidentified thing until you really spend time like getting to know yourself and doing yeah. things like meditation and spending time in nature and eating yummy food that fuels your body and your brain you know like what's your take yeah. like on the whole self-love movement the past couple of years
0: I think, you know, again, I think it's really easy and it's easy for it to become, um, monetary. So it quickly, anything that we start doing quickly becomes external because it becomes a product because it becomes a subscription because it becomes a business. And I am all for the beautiful external things that help me connect with myself that help hold space so that I can just like have an experience and reconnect to myself. But I think it's always really crucial to remember that it's an inside job, as you were saying, Teddy, that it's it's not about like going to the infrared sauna. It's not about, you know, going and like getting the bag of crystals and going and getting the Palo Santo and sitting in front of the altar with the rose petals, right? All of this, all of the accoutrement, like that's all, she speaks French just a little bit. It's not a big deal. <laughs> All of the external things, right, are the add-ons, are the are the things that make it a little bit easier sometimes. But um but for me, and, and I I was really I was really um reminded of this during during COVID and during our quarantine, you know, if you can just be really content and at peace with yourself as you are for no reason, there is literally no greater feeling.
2: Yeah, a greater
0: sense of contentment and peace. And, and I'm so grateful that my life blew up when it did. And I had to learn that lesson at 23 and have continued to learn it because it just makes the world a much less threatening place. When when how I feel about myself when how I define myself is not based on how you feel about me or how the external world defines me when it's not based on my bank account or what a scale says or what's in my closet. There is such, um, there's such freedom. There's such what we call in Sanskrit moksha, emotional freedom with that. And it's the thing that I am the most grateful for every day.
1: I second that. Because when I decided I was in my late 20s to start working on myself and just put myself out there was like my first act of self-love is like with other people too, because I, you know, I'm a recluse and I'm very introverted. So once it was like a year after I really started diving into self-love, I would go to events or I'd go to these women's circles and everyone was still upset, but I had done the work and I'd had progressed. So finally I hit a point where I'm like, I'm happy. I like, I love myself. I don't have anything to share. That's like, you know, putting myself down or whatever, but it took action and it took me making that choice to be like, Hey, I need to change something.
2: Some of my Mm -hmm. habits or else Mm -hmm. I'm going to be sad and, you know, alone and introverted the rest of my life. Yeah. Yeah. I think the word freedom kind of sums it up because then you're free to be happy and joyful. And everyone's craving that feeling. Like I want to be happy. It's like, we free yourself, you know, Like chains are things, yes, society put on you, but we also accept all that. And then, Mm -hmm. you know, we internalize it. So it's like, you do have a lot of power that lives within you. And that's what girl powerful means. And so free yourself of all those chains and all those old paths and do the work because there are teachers like you, there are teachers like us that are all this information is affordable and available. So I just, I'm getting to the point where I'm like, if you are sad, of course, there's like obvious like medical issues, but beyond that, like kind of like our peers, if you're sad and upset and hateful and all the negative things, I feel like it's almost your fault at this point. And I'm going to grow out of you. And I feel like that's kind of what the last year has taught me too, that Mm -hmm. I deserve to be around happy people because I'm happy and I want to mirror that, you know, and I want to mirror that of me, not just constantly just in the cycle of like, not enough, not enough.
0: Yeah. I I give people the, the prompt a lot. If, if the thought you are thinking right now or the story that you're telling yourself, you know, if whatever's happening in your head was, um, was a stock that you were buying, would you be happy with what you're investing in?
2: What do they say? What what do most clients say? Like, where, where are you? Well, I usually,
0: I usually just spoiler alert. I usually throw that out when someone is in like a rabbit hole of negativity (laughs) or a rabbit hole of limiting beliefs or a rabbit hole of like, this isn't working out. So that's when I usually drop that loving prompt. Like, let's think about it this way. You just bought eight hours of stock in I'm not good enough. Like, is that really the company that you want to get equity in? And if the answer is no, then you get to look at that and you know, having having negative thoughts, having um, limiting thoughts, unhelpful thoughts, isn't the issue because because we will all have those thoughts because life life shows up and 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 our stories will show up and our conditioning will show up. The negative thought isn't the issue, you know, and it's important to acknowledge when you're having a feeling that is ugly or a thought that's ugly. I always just say, you don't want to get attached to it. You know, let it be the wave. Let it be the wave that that crests and crashes, but then let it recede back into the ocean. So often we like run back into the ocean to try to hold on to that wave because that wave is a story and then we get to be that story. And that's always helpful because then we don't have to be in integrity or show up. You know, there's just so much that comes along with holding on to the wave.
1: That's the beauty of learning how to communicate properly. Because we communicate with others, but we also communicate with yourself.
0: Yeah. It's like
1: once these traumas or these triggers happen to us, we have to learn to process it in the moment is what we have found through girl powerful, like learn to communicate and process it in the moment and then you can let it go.
0: Yeah. If you don't
1: let it go. It's going to like cut deep and it's going to be with you for a while.
0: Yeah. So is there
2: something that as a tip for anyone listening that when you do experience like a brash thing or a wound that if you don't acknowledge it in that moment, like, is there a mantra or something you could say to actually like feel that feeling and then release it? Do you have any tools Uh, for that?
0: I'm really big on when you're, when you're noticing it, make sure that the language around it is I'm feeling and not I am there's a big mental, the way you process it, there's a big difference between I'm so stressed or I'm so unlovable or I'm so whatever. And I feel really unlovable, you know, creating a little bit of distance between you and the thought or between you and the feeling or between you and that choice you just made that now feels really icky or that thing you just said, just create some, create some space and you can do that with the breath, you know, a really easy that um I'm sure you guys know about this like that box breath or the 16 second breath where you inhale, silently count to four, hold that at the top of the inhale, silently count to four, exhale for four and then hold for four. Um 16 seconds just to give you a little bit of a pattern interrupt where you can observe mm. and just notice, notice the thought. The other thing that I've been doing with um I've been doing this with actually a lot of teenage clients but also, adults. Um, in meditation, if there's a if there's a story that's showing up, or a thought, or a feeling that's you know really hanging on, I'll imagine in my meditation. I'll close my eyes and I'll imagine sitting across from it. I'll give it a color, or a character, or a shape, or something, something visual, and I'll imagine just sitting across from it and just saying, you know, what are you here to tell me? Or why are you still here? Or what do you have to say? Or, you know, whenever we shine light on like the monster, it's really not, it's really not as scary. Yeah,
2: you know? when you shine like a light to the there's corner. There's ghost
0: in the room and you're like, yeah. oh, like, you you know, like oh, it's actually just like a sweater on a hanger. But like the way that we put it, it looks you know, usually when you shine light on something, it stops feeling so like overwhelming. Totally. You know? And it's like, I always
1: not as scary when you address it. Right. When you're
0: right. right. When you just you say like, hi, like, what are you here to like, what do we need to talk about? You know, why are you still here? What are you here to teach me? Right. You know, I always say that um, fear doesn't thrive in stillness. So anytime you can create some stillness, you know, fear and limit and constriction and scarcity all relies on, turbulence and unconsciousness and movement and fall you know anytime you create stillness anytime you just create quiet mm-hmm. and get still fear doesn't thrive in that right you know because your truth is your truth is your truth is subtle your truth isn't fighting for your attention right it has nothing to prove unlike yeah. the fear I so a
1: prime example of today you right? do yeah <laughs> So Teddy was up, she's taking a test for continued education and she knew we were prepared for weeks. Like I was helping her take her practice test. She was doing her flashcards. She was in it. She was so prepared. And 30 minutes before the test, she was leaving and she was standing (laughs) by the stove, like looked like she was about to cry. And she, I was like, take a deep breath. Like you need to take the inhale, you know, and exhale three times. Cause I could see she wasn't, she was inhaling, but she wasn't exhaling. And then I'm like, say I'm prepared.
2: And she's like, I'm prepared. I am not do it. And I was like, Aww. like, you know,
1: like trying to pepper up. But then I was like, you know, you have to, you have to breathe deep. You have to know, say I am prepared. Cause you know, the information and you yeah. have to slow down and read every sentence. And like, it was like, you know, it was like she was feeling anxious
2: and stressed out and it was my- going to
1: sabotage herself, yeah. even though she, knew my shoulders I mean. were like
2: up to my ears. I was, my eyes were full of tears. Like I was like, if I don't have oh. this test, I'm going to feel like a loser. Yeah. I'm going to have to tell people I failed all these things that you think, but then literally Sonia said all that. And then she sent me another text. And then in the car before I took my test, I actually recently started tapping yeah really helped me I'm like because the truth is I did fail once so then I had that already on my back so I had to be like I failed last time but that doesn't define me and I you know I'm I'm prepared now and I acknowledge that you know and I'm worthy so but I have to go back a little bit in this conversation and when you're saying shine a light on the monster or shine a light on the fear do you believe in ghosts?
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. I don't believe in, like, a white-sheeted, you know, figure oh, no, like revealing that. itself to you. But, yeah, I definitely... Because um... that's what you're
2: supposed to do when, if you feel a ghost. Like, what do you want from me?
0: Oh, yeah. Like, so when when you, you were yeah saying, I saw what? Casper, too. I saw Casper. So but, me and I yeah. are like,
2: oh. because we do. We do. Hello, girl, powerful <laughs> community. Like, yeah. But you do. When you're in a spiritual place and plane in your life you're gonna feel energy right yeah
0: absolutely so. and that energy can be you know an energy in motion within you it can be an external collective energy that you're feeling from the world it can be something from another dimension if you want to get you know if you want to go there with it absolutely absolutely yes,
1: absolutely
0: 100
1: okay. <laughs> well i i really do the girls whenever you are their guest mentor at Girl Powerful. They love the I am here now, the box meditation. Yeah. And I even adopted that when I get really stressed out
0: because it's so yeah.
1: to just bring you back to the present moment and just your own breath.
0: Yeah. Inhale, I am, exhale here now. Yeah. yeah. Well, because that's the other thing too, you know, even when you were going for your test, you were reacting to something that hadn't happened yet that maybe was never going to happen. Right. I mean, do that all the time the things that we stress out quote unquote about are generally not happening right now you know every you you've you've gotten through every single moment up until this point if you're listening to my voice so the odds of you making it through are really really good and yet we still allow the future pacing to the worst case scenario because you weren't just gonna fail the test. You were gonna have to then call the 32 people that you told about it and tell them that you failed. You were probably gonna like lose business because all of your students were gonna be like, oh, she's such a loser. She can't even pass a test. Like we shouldn't take advice from her. Like you were spinning out to a place that was not not realistic. Mm -hmm. Forget about not likely, not even in the realm of what would happen. If, yeah, if you gonna, did like, fail your test, hey, you're going like, to have to and leaving. I didn't you're even know what I was doing. dog is probably not going to want to still yeah. live with you. Heart's going to be like, I don't even know what we're doing here. Like, I got to go. I, mean, I, right. I wasn't
2: going to come home, that's for sure. I wasn't <laughs> going to tell Sonia. <laughs> I was going to make a fake certificate that said pass on it and tell everyone I've passed.
0: <laughs> so it's really, you know, I say to people all the time as much as possible, stay present. Right? Stay in the moment. And if you're going to future pace, at least imagine what you want to happen. At least invest in the stock that you want to buy, not the one that you don't want to buy, because you're just giving your attention to the thing that you desperately don't want to get energy and momentum.
2: Yeah. So speaking of like being vulnerable, saying, you know, that personal story and like what I went through as a teacher and like, you're a teacher and I'm just kind of curious if you could talk to like the relationship between a teacher and a student through like, you know, the past hundreds of years, there's, it's been a really beautiful friendship and a beautiful relationship between a lot of people. Like I know mm-hmm. my teachers, like, you know, I hold them in high regard and they're, they're beautiful. And I lean on them in my best moments in my weakest, but I've also seen like, in you know, on Netflix documentaries mm-hmm. and all these things, like a lot of stories come out and they're yeah. not so great. So I was kind of curious if you could talk about how to form a healthy relationship with your meditation teacher or any teacher, because yeah. human, that's what I was getting at. Like I'm a human. Like I'm not always going to pass all my tests the first time. Yeah, Sorry. I'm just not.
0: Yeah. Yeah. There's the, yes absolutely that's a great i like great let's let's dive in we have like a good two hours right yeah. so it all started back in 798 yeah. um, I think a couple of things are really important mm-hmm. now so I think the context of teacher back in the day you know thousands of years ago we, the context of how we lived how we traded our services um you know the healers in like a village were held with high regard and were provided. Lodging and were cared for because they were caring for the village. You know, there was just a very different exchange of energy at one point with, um, with, with all of us with how we all relied on each other for, for what we needed. Um, modern day spiritual teachers, especially, um, there's a very different level of accessibility because of social media, because of how we, how we market ourselves. Because we, because because this is how we make a living. Because this is how we support, you know, our our life and our livelihood. Um, I mean, it's it's so layered. So the things that I really look for with my teachers, and I've had, um, I think, incredible teachers, most of whom have been men, which is interesting, you know, especially with meditation. Um, up until recently, like in the last couple hundred years, the majority of lineages passed down that knowledge to men. Um, there wasn't a lot of transmission done from females to females, and that wasn't in a lineage way passed down in that same way. So, um, so that has thankfully definitely changed. I'm um, obviously, I'm extremely grateful for that, being a woman um, oh, no. in <laughs> 2021. Um, I think you know when you have any kind of teaching student relationship, there is an element of authority or perceived power or perceived knowledge that's greater than. And I think you want to check in with how you feel when you are with a teacher. You know, I always want students to feel empowered. I never want students to feel like I have the answer. I want them to feel like I'm sharing what I know and what I have learned, and I'm happy to reflect and give insights but I always want to empower you to remember that you have the answers in you. I'm just like the lucky person that gets to be the mirror or the, the, you know, person guiding you along a path for a certain amount of time. You know, I think when you see a lot of ego in teachers, you know, that might be a red flag that that might not be a teacher that is going to be in equal footing with you in a way that's going to feel safe and respectful. Um, I think you want, to see a teacher that walks the walk and that practices what they're literally preaching to you. So many, you know, so many teachers out there don't, don't actually practice what they're teaching in a way that's at a level, at a level of integrity that I think is really important. And also, yes, we are all human. So unless your teacher is, Zooming you from a cave and living a completely like monastic life that is sattvic and pure. And there will be things that, that your teacher on this journey of life that we are all moving through on this. Oh, by the way, spoiler alert, never ending spiritual journey. I'm like processing. And and I'll tell you a story because I had therapy yesterday for the first time in years, because I have something showing up in my life that was like, what is happening? And why am I feeling like this? And I thought that these wounds were like very much healed. And I didn't think there was still residue. I really went in with like a toothbrush and like all of the spiritual Ajax and like really thought Mm -hmm. I scrubbed away, like all of that Spiritual Ajax, that's amazing. That's good. I just thought of that, I like it, right? Um, And there's something coming up and I need some help reflecting and processing and just seeing what where my blind spots are and and so I think it's important to know that your teacher is also on their own path and you want someone that can have a boundary that isn't getting you involved in their path and in their work you know I'm really I'm really conscious of I tell a lot of stories from my life um, and and use those examples or spiritual metaphors or Um, accessible ways to see these teachings. And I'm always really clear about never sharing anything on on stage, quote unquote, or with a student one-on-one. I don't share anything that I'm still working through. Mm. So this thing that I'm working on right now will not be an example for like a few years, probably, right? Until there is no charge, until there isn't a sense of I'm teaching this so that I can learn, because that's not what you come to a class for. You come to a class so that you can learn so so I don't know I think there are lots of modern day subtleties that um and maybe not so subtleties that are really um that are really important to notice with yeah, I like whoever that, it is about, that you're working for
2: yeah I like that about the technique you use when you do share like what you've accomplished and like overcome because I have one teacher that doesn't ever share personal things. And I kind of become like a naughty student in my head. (laughs) And I like, I like want to see like how powerful they are. And like when I want them to like predict my future. Like, have you ever had someone do that? Like almost <laughs> to be like a fortune teller? Because sometimes I do that with my teachers. So I don't know. This came up for me talking to you. And I like that. Well, I
1: think a lot of times with mutual respect, you do put your teacher up on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. So there, and there are like, do you, how do you deal with like the expectation of a client coming to you and thinking you're going to fix everything? Right. That's- you know, like if I meditate, I'm going to be, you know, healthy and healthy on my wellness journey and love myself and all that stuff. But in realistic, realistically, like you said, it's
0: a lifetime journey. journey. Yeah. I think I, I think I've just over, over 13 years now of, of meditating and teaching. I think I've just gotten really good at framing the work and that it's not, it's not destination based. It's not about like fixing these four things. It's about like looking at where you want to achieve more balance, looking at where things aren't going well? And how do we lean into that? How do we put the lens of awareness that we get through meditation onto that part of our lives? Um, and, and also, you know, probably equally important, if not more so helping people notice when things are shifting because things don't shift. I mean, yes, of course, sometimes in a session or in a class, somebody will have the aha moment, but that's not usually the case. Usually it's, Outside of your meditation, outside of the class, outside of a session, that you have that that moment. So I also am really big on empowering students to to notice where in their life magic is showing up, and to say, oh, that's because I've been meditating, or that's because I've been doing this work. It's not because of, it's not Megan didn't do that, right? It's so I'm I, I always try to just like again flip that power back on back onto you, um, and have really clear clear boundaries with that. Um, I will tell you that really quick story. So I was, um, I'm talking to my therapist who, who I just adore and he's great. And I haven't used him. I haven't had therapy in a while. and, And I use it more situationally now when I, um, when I need some assistance with a certain area. And so I'm talking to him and I'm just so genuinely happy to like see him and talk to him. And I'm like, how's everything going? I hope you're good. And And then at the end of our session, I was sharing with him that I started teaching this practice called Yoga Nidra, which is a much more guided meditation. It kind of puts you into this dreamy um, yogic sleep, this lucid dreaming state. And my therapist is really big on ask for dreams when you're unclear of what's what's coming up or he go ask for a dream. He always says that to me, ask for a dream. And so I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's great. And so I was like, oh, my gosh, doctor so and so. I've been leading these things. Like if you want, like I'll leave one for you sometime, like on me, like, let me know. It's like, we do it in like 30 minutes. And I think you'd really like it. And he stopped and he said, I really appreciate it. And I don't think that that's the relationship that we have. Um, so if you want to give me like a referral, I would love to like try one of them. If there's like a teacher that, you know, he's like, but I'm here to take care of you. And if you're like, all of a sudden taking care of me, then that's going to change the and I just, I immediately got like nauseous. And I thought, oh my God, I have such boundary issues. Like I, it was such a reflection of like, like a part of me probably that wants to people please. And like, there's that spiritual Ajax. Like, I'm like, okay, I get it. I'll scrub it away. Well, that's but I just women. thought to myself. That's
2: women in general, like I would yes. totally go into therapist and be like, I think this is what you should do.
0: <laughs> or just like, let me help you. Like, let, let me have space for you. Oh. Like, let me nourish you in oh, uh, you know reciprocity never mind the fact that I'm paying you to like you know so wow. but I just thought wow how incredible is it that you especially as a man can notice that I'm doing that and even if I didn't even if I wasn't being like you know leaky with the energy exchange even if it had nothing to do with anything other than oh I want to you know hold space for you um how beautiful is it that you would say I'm here to hold space for you, Megan. Like this isn't about me, you know.
1: Well, you're always in that mode mm-hmm. of teaching and that is what I,
0: right. That's what I do for a living. Guidance. So it's, a, it's an occupation. you're method.
1: like, it's yeah. nothing to me to share this with you because I find it powerful. But yeah, you had to be the yeah in that situation. I love but it. I'm
0: like, so I think you know, I in my mind, in that moment, I was like, oh wow, so much integrity. <laughs> like you have so much integrity as a as a teacher, as a therapist. Like this is, but Megan, a great example see, of what that looks look like. Is he cute? Let's be he's, real here. Let's hes hes an attractive man um, in his older years. But not someone I would ever be tempted to pursue a romantic relationship with. <laughs> Darn.
2: <laughs> Hello, Megan. We adore you and we appreciate you always, you know, showing up for our girls and holding space for them and teaching them, which is so like what all of us need to be doing for our youth, even if that's not like someone's role in life. It's like talk to your neighbor, like say hi to kids and like just be a friendly adult. I think it's so important for like the village to like open up their arms and eyes and like share, you know, and share and yeah. that we all have as teachers. But we always end on the question, what makes you feel the most alive?
0: Um, I feel the most alive. I mean, I feel the most alive when I'm, when I'm teaching, Mm -hmm. when I'm, when I'm helping, when I'm helping in some way, shape or form, remind you of who you are. That is what what feeds me to my core what I can do even if I am exhausted beyond belief even if I am hungry even if I have to pee even if I right it doesn't matter if I start having a conversation like that whether it's in an uber or in front of 5,000 people I am fed by an entirely different like channel of energy and I could do that for hours and I've done that I've, I've gone on stage totally fatigued from like you know health issues not from just like I didn't get enough sleep and and I am on stage and I couldn't teach for hours and then I get off stage and I'm like oh my god I'm gonna fall over I'm so tired but I think that's the beauty of finding your purpose and connecting with that's you know gift. dharma
1: yeah whenever you are like channeling your gift and you're with the group of people do you sense like what people need so like if I was yeah. there and like eat, maybe I had like a few words with you but would you just like sense what I needed to hear?
0: Yeah, I don't usually, I don't usually plan. I don't usually prepare. I'm not big on the whole like right now. I don't usually like script out anything that I'm going to talk about. If it's a, if it's a certain topic, I'll have a general outline for what I want the like journey of that conversation to be. But, um, but yes, I'm very big on. And that's not something that's always, depending on how your brain works, something that you can do, but, um, but my brain does okay with that. So I'm very big on just being present and feeling into the energy of the room and and what needs to be said. That's
2: a true teacher though. Having the confidence to download in the moment and read the room, Mm -hmm. read your students, you know, pick up on their needs Mm
0: -hmm. and it's not
2: about you. See, you're dropping your ego. It's not about
0: me. It's not my
2: story I'm going to read to you guys today. Yeah. How is that helpful? It's not. Yeah, and, I think- and it's
0: just it doesn't always leave room for. I mean, jokes aside, I've never said spiritual Ajax before or brought in the metaphor of like scrubbing the internal emotional crevices with with spiritual bleach, right? <laughs> and that was a really fun like moment of what, I, and that didn't come from me. You know, I just get to be this beautiful, you know, TM. By the way, trademark that one. But I get to be this like beautiful vessel um And that, that you know are. and that's a you know that's my privilege. It's not, it's not mine. You know, I just get to, I just get to enjoy it when it when it flows through. Yes, well, wow. you are so enjoyable. We love you. I love you guys. I wow. want one of those sweatshirts. I'm gonna can I oh, order we'll one of those? One. They're new. I feel like I need to rock one of those. There's I love that
1: light blue and then the baby pink.
0: Pasta. I love. Uh, yeah, those are great.
1: Um, so tell everybody listening where they can find you, where to follow.
0: Oh, yeah, you can find me on the World Wide Web. Uh, if you go to Meditate with Megan, which is M-E-G-A-N, the correct way to spell it, Meditate with Megan. Um, there's a free meditation up there. There's a 21-day series um of guided meditations that I um that I put out earlier this year. If you're looking to dive in, it's like super accessibly priced and it's a really good entryway into meditation. My book is called Don't Hate Meditate. So I always recommend grabbing a copy of that. It's always on sale for um, the price of like an LA smoothie on Amazon. So um, Don't Hate Meditate. You can follow me on Instagram at Meg Monahan, M-O-N-A-H-A-N. And spiritually slide into my DMs anytime. I'm happy to answer questions or, or support.
2: I love that, Megan. I really, really quick will tell everyone. If you have never meditated, I feel like you, I know you're more powerful than this, but you are a very good entry person that I trust to lead like new boyfriends mm. to that have never meditated. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like a lot of kinds of people can resonate with the work you do. So
0: thank you. Thanks. Yeah. It's not that serious. No. I mean, yes, you uh, know, I hold this practice with so much reverence. It's what I do all day in some way shape or form and it's changed my life and it also is why I am now lighter and freer and more joy you know it, and nobody nobody meditates to get more serious so as much as as much as that is is a component of the sacred nature of this work it also can be really fun and entertaining and relatable and enjoyable so I always try to bring that into my teaching.
2: All right, thanks, Megan. We'll see. Thanks, you Love, you. Bye. Love you. Too. Bye. Bye. Thanks to our guest. For more information on her, see the show notes. Please hit subscribe if you have not already. That way, a
1: new episode is delivered directly to your feed every week.